So before we get started, I want to tell you about the best thing that has happened to the podcasting world, and that is Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. You can go to anchor.fm slash start and join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. You can even find it on the App Store of any iPhone or Android. The app is called Anchor. That's A-N-C-H-O-R. We're just going to get crazy, man. We're recording, bro. <laughs> That's how we do it. We just jump in and fucking sink or swim. Hell yeah. I mean, I'm glad that the uh, the weather is a little bit nicer than it's been with all the rain. And For sure, dude. It got freezing as fuck, like, out yeah, of nowhere, like cold as fuck. Ago, yeah. Yeah. And it was real fucking sunny a few days before that. We came out here and just fucking walked around, hiked the trails, and it was fucking nice. And then... The next day, it was fucking freezing cold, and then that fucking cabin fever started kicking in, mm-hmm. you know? We're all stuck in our houses anyway, and then yeah. can't even sit on the porch now, because it's raining and fucking cold. <laughs> yeah, everybody I know is getting super stir-crazy, and then I got, like, four dogs, and they can't go outside when it's all wet and muddy. Right, right. So it's like, oh my god, there's so many just breathing creatures in my house. Right. I got two kids, four dogs, two cats, girlfriend, yep. you know, girlfriend's mom. So it's just like, oh my God. So how are you guys really holding up here in the end of the world um, situation? I mean, we're we're doing well enough, I guess. You know, in that first week where all the panic buying started with all the toilet paper gone and stuff, that kind of pissed us off because there was a lot of baby stuff that wasn't there. Right, you know, Like right. wipes and diapers and shit. Yeah. So that was kind of frustrating but after that first week and we kind of like reached out to our friends and stuff uh we got enough to last for uh, like a while you know right except for diapers diapers go instant you know so um but we got enough provisions you know to 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 wait anything out that we need to but it's it's not the lack of supplies you know this it's not our supplies aren't scarce at, at my house it's just it's just staying inside right i haven't played video games like in like over a year and i started picking up video games again what else just, are you just, to, do? just to pass what else, the time yeah, man for sure and it's just like because i used to be so busy with my my schedule because i was working you know a billion different jobs i have like my uh jujitsu training so right. it's like i do that at six in the morning and then i go work and then i go you know run errands or do some other stuff and then i go train again at the end of the day so i had like fully stacked schedule with with all, all the time just busy every just... second of my day was was booked to capacity right and now it's just like what am i going to do with this next 10 free hours you know right besides hold a baby or you know change a diaper you know what yeah. i mean so so you're just adjusting it's it's a it's a <sighs> weird really fucking weird thing um for me like i i would go to work every day you know nine hours a day and come home and like draw as much as I can like whatever energy I did have left I would like get onto the drawing pad start drawing or whatever man it and now that's all I have to do yeah, like, yeah. since I was laid off and like 
Man, really, I'm a homebody anyway. So like, I'm the opposite. I'm not a homebody. I, I mean, hate I hate staying inside. I miss the I hate gym. Home. I miss the gym like fucking crazy. But yeah. I I can like get up in the morning and like get a like little workout in the house. Like I have kettlebells and everything. So like I can get a little workout in the house. But I do just miss being at the gym and like. Man, I was supposed to. I was supposed to have my first uh, professional grappling fights where I actually get paid to compete. Yeah. Um, one was supposed to be in March. That got canceled because um, of the because of the virus. And then there was another one, a huge tournament in uh, from IBJJF, the mm-hmm. International mm-hmm. Brazilian Jiu Jitsu Federation. That was supposed to be this month at the end of the month, canceled. Uh, and then I have another one that's still not, it's not canceled yet because it's for May 29th, right. but it's probably, probably going to get canceled, canceled, you know? So it's just like the, you know, you know that saying with like the light at the end of the tunnel, it's just like it's getting dimmer and right, dimmer right. and dimmer, you know? Like you're walking <laughs> further away from it. Like it's not getting any closer. It's just, it's kind of getting further away. And it, it hasn't been long enough for my body to like atrophy yet, you know? Yeah. So like I'm not like I mean, gaining Is there weight. anything you can do at home to like... Yeah, and I mean, ah, see, that that's the thing is like the best kinds of stuff that I can do for how I train require a partner. You Chelsea's I mean? not going to roll with you? Shit, I'm, I, dude, I've been beating on that door for, <laughs> for, for months now. Just like, come on, please, please. You know, I'm going to go crazy if I don't get to train at home. But um, no, I'm just like my instructor and, and a lot of jiu-jitsu schools are doing um, like Zoom meetings mm-hmm. uh, and then doing like warm-ups and calisthenics and uh, movement drills and, you know, just different stuff like that to, to keep – providing like value to people right. who are paying memberships you right. know what I mean because nobody knows when we're going to get to walk back into those gyms yet and roll know? with somebody right like, so it's, it's like how are they going to stay afloat while all of us have to stay home and can't go right. to the gym for right. what the gym's for you know right. what I mean so I can't imagine what like like just normal normal gym owners are feeling right now right. because they it's it's not like they're going to tap into their customer base and be like, all right, guys, let's get our workout on. You know what I mean? Well, that's what, like, I I have no idea, like, so my gym membership is with Planet Fitness. I I really have no idea what they... Is it the one here in Hatchie? Or is there one in Hatchie or is it Red Oak? uh, I don't think there's one in Hatchie. I don't even think there's one in Red Oak. No, I'm thinking of Anytime Fitness. Yeah, that's that's Anytime. I think the closest Planet Fitness is uh, Cedar Hill. Hill. But, I mean, I have a, a black card, so I can go to any Planet Fitness. But... Brother like they're they're still taking money out of my account. Like I yeah. saw that, like, <laughs> I can't even fucking go. So I'm like, what do I do? I mean, and like even like gyms are weird because in order to cancel, you have to go up there in person and cancel. You can't like call over the phone or like do it over the internet, cancel your membership or anything. Like they require you to go in and physically like say, I want to cancel my membership. Yeah, and that's why I never really got into those kinds of gyms or that kind of working out. Yeah. Is first of all. That equipment is to me. It's like being in in like a spaceship. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm like, I don't know what this does. I don't yeah. know what that lever does. Yeah. Like, and it's not that I refuse to learn. It's just that it hasn't been important enough for me to learn. Right. And I can get what I want out of my body by training in an entirely different way. Right. Right. So it's just like, and but now that I'm starting to get to the point where like the let's just say we're we're getting in a deeper water now with mm-hmm. competitions and stuff like that. Um, they're like, all right. When you get to a certain point, like everybody's everybody at your rank has been going to class just as much as you have, but if they are so much stronger, or so much faster, or so much more athletic than you, 
in a competition, that matters. You know right. what I mean? Like right. when when technique is equal, size and strength right. and or strength and speed do matter, you know? And so it's just like they are they are hounding me to like start working out, you know, yeah, strength yeah. and conditioning, strength right, and conditioning. Right. And I'm just like, oh you know, and I've been like I'm like I'm stuck at one thirty five. Right. I can't I can't get higher than like I can't get to one forty and like have you ever you tr- have you ever like really tried to bulk up like protein and all that kind of like last year mainly um whenever i really first started com- well let's say two years ago whenever i really first started competing i um i didn't like use like supplements you know like i didn't use any vitamins i didn't use any protein shake whatever but i increased the shit out of my diet like i right. just started eating like every couple of hours because i was working outside um you needed it just to sustain like your right, energy right. level because i was doing uh, i was doing this like window washing slash gutter cleaning slash um well those those uh, power washing you know like home maintenance mm-hmm. mainly window washing and so but we were washing like big homes like yeah like the big old mansions in like uh north dallas and stuff you know what i mean so we were carrying around these huge ladders we were out from sun up to sundown you know what i mean so it was just walking miles every day and then on top of that i was still doing 6 a.m class and i was still doing evening classes so it was like i was going constantly so i started eating like like i i have this uh these big old mason jars of like uh like oatmeal and milk right, or, or, right. Uh, milk and oats and, and stuff like that like, well that's good i mean that's that's I good those, i ate those to like survive right, right. <laughs> like every every couple of hours and then like sandwiches a shit ton of sandwiches and yogurt and all that shit and never got higher than 139 that's crazy so i want to i want to talk to you about like what's what changes in your life have you seen like or even in just like your your mental health not Mm -hmm. just like physical health but like mental health like any kind of changes in your personality like is there anything that doing jujitsu has Mm. oh yeah taught you or impacted you in any way so the list is is infinite i could i could go on all day but just the the quick points the most relevant i think are the uh my stress level just on a daily basis right. is is drastically reduced whenever i'm training regularly um because there, it's such an effective outlet for every kind of stress that you can you can build up every right. kind of tension that you can you just release it all on the mats and it doesn't matter if it's a chip on your shoulder from somebody cutting you off or if it's you know your you know girlfriend or your mom or your dad yelling at you for you know whatever happened your boss is giving right. you shit like you go to jujitsu you don't everything melts away all that right. matters is don't get choked out right don't get your arm bent the wrong way you know what i mean right. so everything else in your life just melts away and that's that's the first and most prominent benefit i think that comes from it is just just the stress relief right um even over the the physical fitness advantage that it gives you you know even even over that um but so as far as my personality and stuff like that my mindset um lower stress an infinitely higher sense of confidence like and again not just in physical confrontation but my ability to communicate like the way you hold yourself in everyday life yes and the way that i communicate to people without necessarily saying it that i you know believe in myself that i i i know why i'm here you know i i know what i'm saying to you like don't like it gives you a sense of kind of like purpose even that that extends even beyond the mats you know what i mean it's just like 
at the end of the day, I don't know, it's like you have these conversations and, and uh, it's just like, if it goes south, you're just like, well, can you fight? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? That's... It, 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 it makes you, what's, the, what's that thing that they say about like, if uh, you're not, if you're not, if you don't know, excuse me, it's like, if you're not dangerous or something, it's like, you're not peaceful, you're harmless. Right. If you don't know how to be dangerous, then you're not you're not peaceful. You're harmless. You know right, what I mean. So right. like peaceful people that are like I'm I'm all yeah. peace. I'm all and you know, yeah. don't don't I don't want any confrontation. But if you're not like, dangerous, if you don't have that edge, then right. And so I like to I like to think of myself as peaceful because right. now I have the ability to escalate it, but I don't have to. And right. I see you can infinitely con- more more opportunities to diffuse a situation right. than I do to control a situation exactly. like at the end at the end of the day right at the end of the situation you know you are in control mm-hmm. like whatever the outcome of this is going to be I'm going to control the outcome absolutely absolutely and well, and it's it's just like the the aspect of overcoming obstacles no matter right. how how stacked the odds are against you no matter if it's you know a 300 pound dude like stacked on your face or if it's like a figurative you know 300 pound dude on your face by some other challenge either way you know that you know that there's a way out right there's a way out or that you're gonna get through this you're gonna get over it but not only not only get through it but come out victorious right but come out the champion of that that adversity you right. know what I mean right. so that's that those are the those are the main things as far as mental shift mental you know whatever and um also just kind of like it's given me something to pull me away from my more destructive tendencies you know right. what I mean I was about to ask what what do you think if you never you know ventured into this what do you think where do you think you would be right now what kind of person do you think you would be right now well I was trying really I had a really bad problem with uh, alcoholism. Like right. I was drinking, oh, so much all the time. Just trying to blunt the white noise of life. You know what I mean? Right. Trying right. to trying to dull the 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 shouting. You know? Right. Um, <clears throat> so I was really bad with alcoholism. I was really bad with like just making irresponsible decisions, doing dangerous stuff, stupid stuff, getting into fights. You know? Um, so it's very easy to see how if I didn't find uh, martial arts how I would have ended up in a much darker place you know before I got into um, Kempo and got into jujitsu and got into you know MMA and boxing and all of that stuff that I'm into now I um, you, you were kind like, of doing like backyard fighting and well, shit yeah, right yeah, even but, before that but, but what was worse is just that like I didn't have a direction you know so i was like homeless yeah. drifting like drinking couch surfing, a lot drinking a lot who knows you might have ended up at a bar and fucking talk some shit to the wrong guy breaking some guy's neck and or that yeah, yeah, yeah. even worse yeah. so <clears throat> it was and then like it was it was still kind of challenging whenever i i first got into uh, martial arts at all um to let go of that lifestyle but whenever i got into jujitsu it was like pick one because it's so much more demanding um, at overall. Like, yeah. even if you're not going to compete, even if you're not going to, like, go on stage with it, like, just practicing it as an art 
depending on your instructor, um, is so demanding that it's like, pick one. Good life choices in jiu-jitsu or poor life choices in no jiu-jitsu. You know right, what I mean? Right. And so that's when I was just like, ah, I make, I'm going to make this decision now and thank myself later. And so after years of trying to quit drinking and years of having relationship problems and social problems and problems at my job because I was just not there for any of it, you know? Right. After years of that, you know, I found, I found my outlet uh, in jiu-jitsu and, and kind of just um, – was really able to come full circle and, and see how I how destructive I'd been and how just specifically self-destructive but also destructive to my relationships with other people right and uh, like I said my job and everything so it was just like whoa you, you're telling me that I don't have to be like that like I can be a, a, a totally different person and make right. better choices and, and make something of myself as a person and right. that's what that confidence did you know? right so that that's when I kind of raised the bar for myself so I quit drinking I quit partying um, I coincidentally had a kid and then now recently had another kid right so everything kind of came together all at once uh, my jiu-jitsu my family my uh, you know work uh, <clears throat> all of it kind of came together to provide this clear direction to say you can do this and have purpose and direction and build a legacy and be proud of yourself or you can squander it in anarchy and chaos right. like you've been doing and yeah. it's just like i i pick constructive legacy right not anarchy and chaos anarchy sure. and chaos is fun as fuck when right, you're a teenager right. <laughs> yeah. when you're a teenager and you can do whatever you want yeah. and everybody's like oh he'll there's learn no one day. real consequence right it's like yeah. it's like oh he'll learn one day and it's like well one day is past when you're right. an adult. Like right. if you haven't learned one day by then, yeah. then you, you're you're out of chances. You're spending time in jail. You're spending time in rehab. Right. You're spending time in probation. You know? Right. So is it, there um is there like a, a spiritual light that you see in any of this? Do you, do you... I see where people could get that. Right. Um. I'm personally I don't consider myself a very spiritual person. I'm very uh, um, physical. At agnostic more like into like a, a scientific realm yeah. of explanation yeah i feel like there's a logical slash scientific explanation for all enough things. not all things uh for enough things that i don't have to spend time wondering about other things you know what i mean about i have i have enough i have enough answers right is, is pretty much what i'm saying now i don't have all the answers right. and i'm content with that right it's when people aren't content with not knowing that they start to fuck up. Right. It's when people start to say, well, I'm pretty sure, so I'm just going to say I know this, we're going to run with this, we're going to take this, and now I feel comfortable. My thing has always been um, just keep learning. Yes. Because I'll never... That. And that's I'll, great. I'll never, ever know all of it. Never will. I used but to... But I'm going to spend my life doing that, like at least trying to figure it out. And I'll, and I'll never have it all figured out, but... I would rather spend my time and my life figuring it out, mm -hmm. even though I won't figure it all out. I just want to have um, comprehension. I want to kind of understand. And I've come to my own belief and my own philosophy, and, and it's not—it's not an all-powerful God, but I believe that I personally believe that I, because I believe in science too. Right. Like I believe that there's a logical explanation for for all things, and I think that the source of creation I believe that there is a source of creation and mm -hmm. it's pulsing and flowing through every living thing mm -hmm. in the universe and that's that's if I was going to call it some, if I was going to call it God that's what it would be is just that creative energy that flow 
that has produced all things around right. us and, and will continue and, to. And that that kind of makes sense. You know, I, I don't I don't have any immediate concerns about that, right. that viewpoint. And, and as for me, like it's not something that like I'm longing to figure out anymore. Like right. I've come to peace with my understanding and understanding that it can even evolve from that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. at where I'm at now, like that's just where it's evolved to. I'm at that point right now. True. And I'm and I'm always open to other interpretations, but I'm always gonna like look at all the options and f- figure it out for myself. For me, it's because there's so. I like to align myself with the facts, right. and where we don't have facts, I like to align myself with the expert opinion. And right. where we don't have an expert opinion, I like to kind of retreat. Right. <laughs> I like to either say like I'll I'll you know you know, explore it uh, in passing, but I, I'm not going to commit myself to solving the mysteries of... It's a fun of, little thought experiment. I, I'm comfortable with the fact that there are things that human beings can't understand. Exactly. And I'm also comfortable with the fact that maybe there isn't, like, a, a parental figure who's, like, guiding us and protecting us you know what i mean yeah, yeah because sure. that also on the flip side makes me feel a lot better about bad things happening and then it's just like uh you know it's it's, it's a lot to get into it, 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 it is a very fucking it is a it, it's, tricky little territory to walk yeah. into i'm because i've i've come to even like accept this philosophy that there is no good or bad I 100% believe that. 100,000% believe that. I mean, I've had people very close to me, like, even pass away. And and I can see how, you know, it's painful. It Mm -hmm. hurts a lot. And I can see where a lot of people, you know, take a lot of pain, you know, in that situation. But, like, even, like, for me, my older brother, when he passed away, of course it fucking hurt. And, like, I'll still Mm -hmm. cry sometimes. Mm -hmm. But I can't make it about myself. I've got to think about him. And at the end of the day, was his, the passing of his physical presence a bad thing? Because right. for me, I think that life goes on in so many different facets. Like even the fact that his body's going to decompose and become part of the earth, and there's mm-hmm. still living energy coming from his being and his, mm-hmm. his existence. Even the fact that he still lives on in my memory, and I wouldn't be who I am if he never lived, you know? Uh, all of the things that I still carry, like I carry him with me in my everyday life and yeah. who I am. I can see that. And so that, in that sense, he's still alive. Right. And so, well, how can I look at it as a bad thing? And I mean, that's it's it's morbid. I mean, a lot of people are going to be like, "Well, this is real fucked up." I don't up. think it's morbid. Right. I, think, I don't either. I think it's. Um, I think it's. How do I put this? I think it makes sense. I think it's logical. Right. I think that. It it says that uh, I don't. It, it's it's hard to put it into words, but I don't. I definitely. I don't think it's morbid. I think that that's that's kind of a strong word. I think it's familiar right. with death. You know, it, it shows a certain familiarity with the certainty of death. Mm-hmm. But again, morbidity is 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 more to me something that's just outwardly. Disgusting. Aggressive, yeah. That 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 attacks things, you know what right, I mean, right. or something that that offends, you yeah. know what I mean. But but a familiarity with death, I don't think is is something that uh, or or a comfort with somebody's passing, and and uh, you know, grieving grieving is is 
I feel like a necessary process as far as like an emotional process but for some yeah. people the grieving process is internal and it happens in a logical format you know what I mean right. it happens like okay this devastating thing happened to me this is how I'm going to move forward so that this devastating thing doesn't turn into a worse thing you know right. what I mean right. it's um, I think it's I think it's one of those things where people kind of play it up in in the sense of like you're not grieving properly if, right. if you're not like tearing your clothes right. and weeping yeah. on your knees you know what right. I mean but but it's you know, it's that's that's not everybody's that's not how everybody processes, you know. All right. And so I think it's important to acknowledge that without giving it a negative connotation, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's how um, I feel about it. What I say about good and evil, what was your take on it? Oh yeah, no. I I definitely think that there there's no there's no such thing as good and evil. There's just things that happen, you know? Right. Um good and evil is how we define things that will destroy civilization versus things that are constructive towards civilization right so it's but not, either way civilization is going to go like things right. are going to continue whether good you and, call it good or bad good and evil is self-preservation i think good and evil is what hurts and what doesn't hurt moral you know? code more even. yeah yeah well i mean it all it all stems down to the the whole golden rule philosophy of, oh that's lovely <laughs> Uh, the whole golden rule of you know treat everybody how you want to be treated type of type of mentality. Um, I feel like you know in the in the effort of self preservation and the continuation of our species, you know from an evolutionary standpoint, um, good and evil is just how we communicate to everybody what we need to do right. to continue to propagate to continue right. to, some kind to of continue our some kind of structure for right. society. Right, but when you know, and I, I know this is cliche, but when, you know, a lion kills a gazelle, it's not evil. When He's uh, uh, doing it out of necessity. When an elephant stampede tramples, you know, the, the sick one or the young one, it's not evil. You know, when, when I, think, I think that there's a thin line between people's understanding of evil and people's understanding of just destructive. Right, know? right. And, and there's, there's mutually agreed upon like evils quote unquote like you know murder, murder and, right. and, and, and you know rape and, and uh, you know assault and all of that but again at the end of the day if you if you look at it from a, a self preservation from an evolutionary standpoint if you look at it like that if you take away the lens of, of if you take yourself out of alright I think he's gone uh, if you I think take he yourself, just showed up just to do that. <laughs> he just drove around and fucking. If you if you take yourself out of the first person and look at it as a whole, I think that um, shit. Now I forgot what I was talking about. Right. What were we saying? Oh, uh, self preservation. Oh yeah, I, I think that I think that what could be described as as evil is is destructive, and what could be described as good is constructive, and that's as you know, it's it's as simple as that, but it gets complicated because it's determined by the popular vote if you will you know right. it's determined by what everybody can agree is evil you know right. what everybody can agree is destructive right and you know that's that's a flawed way to put it lightly yeah. to to determine how everybody's going to operate but that's all we got you know right so how do you we think we're how do you think we're holding up <laughs> <laughs> um it's an interesting question 
again, if if I go back to the the science and the numbers, you know, population's growing. Right. People are growing at what some might call an unsustainable rate. Right. People as a whole, population. So whatever evils exist in the world are negligible in terms of our ability to Handle continue it. to populate yeah. the earth. Right. I, and and again, um, what do you think about all of the the fear that is being driven into people about you know how how bad this day and age like this day and age is, but when you look at it, I mean, for me looking at it, knowing history, being a student of history, I know that this is probably the great this is the greatest time to be alive oh, ever. 100%. hundred thousand percent. No, the the argument of we're more evil now. Um, I don't think has ever been a credible argument. Valid. You know, yeah. it's it's uh, we have more access to that evil. Like seeing that evil is the the fact that we can watch somebody chop someone's head off over the internet. You know, thousands of miles away, and we can see it just as soon as it happens. People, people, it's who never say, been like that. People who say that are speaking from their first person perspective. Right. They're, they're not. They're not looking at the trail of breadcrumbs that, uh, of, of violent breadcrumbs that we left in history you know what I mean they're not they're not looking at the the plagues and diseases that that have you know ravaged yes that have, that have ravaged our, our societies before they're not looking at the obvious indicators that you know were, were we got all thriving. these girls we got all these girls who are getting involved in witchcraft now and nobody's burning at us <laughs> you know like, I think I think the the witchcraft thing um while I, I don't want to offend but seem condescending, I think that there's more of it more of what we see is a fad right. than than, than legitimate real you know, practice. Yeah. And I don't know the terminology, but you know, witchery or witchcraft or what whatever it may be. Yeah. But um, you know, and whoever wants to practice whatever they want, that's that's awesome and I respect it. Um however, I don't feel like I feel like too much of of what we're being exposed to and, and is being tied to quote witchcraft is just aesthetic. Right. It's just you know, I, 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 I wear agree. I wear a pentagram shirt and you know devil horns in my right, in right. my photo and right. I'm a witch. You know? right. Or right. just or like I, or I, witch in my bio. Or you know? I have you know tarot cards and I read a book right. that tell me what these tarot <laughs> cards mean. Um, yeah, that that is. I also think there's a difference between believing in witchcraft on a entry level and being a witch you know what right. i mean it's like it's right. like if i were to i don't know if, if if somebody was to like walk into my jujitsu gym and be like yeah i watch ufc all the time like you're you're an enthusiast you're not a practitioner you right know? there's right. there's be careful because you don't call yourself a fighter if you watch ufc you call right. yourself a fighter if you train right and, and specifically if you fight right you know there, there are lots of people who train and reach a high rank that don't call themselves fighters right um and so, like, I call I call myself a competitor. You know, I don't even call myself a fighter. I don't right. I don't go around fighting people. Yeah. I compete jujitsu. Right. And I'll spar. Right. But I don't fight people. Right. I haven't gotten into an angry fight with anybody besides like, I think my brother, <laughs> in like five years at least. Right. Minimum. Right. At least five years. Right. So it's just like. How long have you been training? About five years. About five years. <laughs> about yeah. five years. <laughs> yeah. So it's like it's it, and and uh, that's that's another thing that circles back to personality changes. I was so much less confrontational. I was just right. more. Do you think the confrontation that you used to get into was brought on by insecurity? Boredom. 
just boredom. Boredom. It was never because, like you said, like the amount of confidence that you've gained now through training, was there a lack of confidence before? There wasn't a lack of confidence. There was a there was an ignorance. Right. There was I don't know what I can do. I don't right. know how much I can take. I know. But that you want to show out. And I want to test myself. Right. My my. On the most fundamental level, my existence as a human being thrives on challenge. Right. If I'm being challenged, I'm awake. Right. If I'm not being right. challenged, get you know, good night. Yeah. I'm going to sleep. Hundred percent agree. And I think more people need that challenge in their mm-hmm. life. People are getting way too comfortable with doing nothing. And I get antsy, dude. Like yeah. I start pacing. I dude, start... I do too. I have to do something. <laughs> I have to do something, man. Like. uh my girlfriend, it'll drive her crazy because I'm up, you know, basically when the sun rises, I'll rise and I have to do something. Mm-hmm. She can lay in bed till 2, 3 p.m., but I have to get up and I have to fucking do something productive. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I, I, dude, I don't know, man. I, I, I just, I, I physically, mentally cannot just lay there. Mm-hmm. And now that, now that I don't have my, like, physical activity... Or excuse me. Now that it's been reduced so much, it's like my sleep is awful. I have so much just excess energy, right. just like that. I I don't have anywhere to put it. You know right. what I mean? Because I can drill for two hours and not work as hard as I would in ten minutes of of rolling or right. rounds right, or, right, or right, you right. know sparring or whatever. So it's like the the physical urgency of of training is is escalated so much higher whenever whenever you're actually up against somebody whenever you have a partner or an opponent and it's just like i you, you don't get the same so it's like i can i can do this for i can do like a i'm not going to say like i can do like a thousand push-ups but i'm saying like i could train all day doing just calisthenics yeah. and jogging and right. all that stuff and not exert as much as be you do satisfied Right. Not not get as much out of it as I would with just you know an hour at the jujitsu gym. Right. So it's 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 tough. It's an adjustment, and I'm hoping that I don't have to stay in this adjustment too long. But <laughs> I'm also I'm I'm interested to see how I turn this into an opportunity for myself. Right. You know, yeah. like like for you, uh, and I did want to ask you about like how your adjustment into freelance art only. How like how how is that going? I know you're only what like a couple weeks in. Uh, about yeah, about a week and a couple days. Um, but I mean, I've been uh, a freelance artist for years, but I never took it to the level that I'm taking it to now because I was. So I, I remember I, when you uh, customized my boots. Yeah, those those got burned up in that house fire. Yeah, that sucks, dude. Yeah, dude, I was that I was sucks. I was so bummed about all the awesome fucking clothes that I lost in right. the house fire, man. But um, I've uh. So, you know, in this journey, I think I've been at at the same job since, you know, I started selling artwork. Um, But I've been doing that nine to five, basically a nine to five. But, I mean, I was working more than that. I was working 55 to 60 hours a week. Mm -hmm. And I was just, all of my energy, you know, I get up in the morning and I go do that. And that's where all of my energy was spent. And by the time I got home, dude, I was just... I was done. I didn't have yeah. the creative energy yeah. when I got home. So that was always my biggest struggle was wanting to be an artist, wanting to be creative. And a lot of the times I made it work because this is my passion. This is mm-hmm. what I'm passionate about. And, and 
if if I get home and I do nothing, then it's not going to go anywhere. So right. I did what I could to make it work. I'd get home and I would put in the extra energy, a little bit of energy I had left into being creative. Uh, but there was the uh, marketing side mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. being a self-sufficient artist. Uh, I mean, that's it's huge mm-hmm. this day and age. Yeah, being yeah, able yeah. to market and having a social presence online is is very important and can make or break you. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a very social person mm-hmm. in general. I'm introverted. Um, I'd rather have a one-on-one conversation than be talking to a hundred people online. I just don't have the capacity to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that I've got to find a way to make it work, and now that I'm not waking up at also another thing when I'm going to work I worked with people all day Mm -hmm. I'm not necessarily a people person right right. so I was spending all day meeting new people talking to to different people drains the batteries and it it drained my batteries by the time I was home and it it, it even affected you know my personal relationships because I wouldn't want to come home and talk anymore like I just want to like you know, decompress and, and, and draw and um yeah no, I hear you. So, so now i'm i'm not getting up and doing that mm. now i'm waking up instead of clocking in at 8 30 to be social and work on people's locks i'm clocking in at 8 30 to you know hit the drawing pad mm. or start being social online putting my art out there starting conversations with people now i have the energy the energy during the day to be social with those people mm. talk about the art You know, uh, people who want me to create pieces for them, I can actually have conversations with them, see exactly what they want. It's personal, like they want to talk about it. Like, like a lot. Two of the biggest commissions I have right now that I'm working on are very personal, and I've been able to talk with these people, and they're like, I never open up about this stuff, Mm -hmm. but I want you to take what I'm telling you and put it into an image, and so like I find value in that, and I'm honored Mm -hmm. to you know that they reach out to me and they want me to create something like that that's so powerful so um adjusting into it has been quite easy easier than i ever thought it was going to be is it as financially easy as you thought it was going to be um i i don't think i've hit that i feel like it's a little early for me to be asking right um i made more money in the last week than i ever had just selling art very nice um so there's that, and I, and I know, I believe, I have confidence in the fact that if I keep this up, mm-hmm. if I keep pushing with this momentum, and the ball just keeps rolling, and it's going to be a snowball effect, mm-hmm. you know, the, uh, there's going to be more worth on my art, I can price things a little higher. You know, the more people start paying attention, the, the bigger this thing is going to get. Mm-hmm. And so right now, I'm just starting here. I'm not putting too much thought into what if this fails, you know? Like, it's... I've been at rock bottom before, and it's I'm not worried. It's one of those things, I feel like, you you never really fail it. Like, you, can, you may be hiatus, right. but unless you drop it for good, like, how did you fail? Right. You know? Right. And that's, that's kind of like the mentality that I've had throughout the years, not being a full-time artist. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, now that I was laid off from my job, I have all the time in the world to do what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I could either just sit there and play video games all day, mm-hmm. which I love doing as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm, I'm a huge fucking gamer. I love playing video games, but that's not gonna get me anywhere, unless I'm streaming, you know, on Twitch. Really... And 
I'm a regular size gamer for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I just, I just, whenever it happened, whenever I sat down with my boss and he told me, you know, we gotta let you go right now. God, that's crazy. Um, the first thing that went through my mind was like, this is my chance. Yeah. Like yeah. this just opened the door. Like there was no negative energy that came forth or that hit me at all. It was just like, this is my opportunity now. Like now I can do what I've been wanting to do. I want to get up at 8:30 and start creating. And now I have the opportunity, and mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just rolling with it. I there's no uh, I haven't hit that point of like worry mm-hmm. financially or mm-hmm. like. Also, I have a private security license. If this stuff blows over, I can get a job anywhere at any time mm-hmm. in the country. Once this whole virus thing passes over, right? Um, I'm not destitute. And I have. I feel enough. like I feel like this is the uh, the awakening for no, a lot of people. I feel like it's the break that a lot of like entrepreneurial-minded people needed to to get their ducks in a row you know right. i feel like we're gonna really see a boom of you know self-promotion and, and independent freelance style work yeah. um i'm already kind of starting to see it you know everybody yeah. who's got like a quote side hustle right it, that's their main hustle now right um because all the nine to fives are you know the lights are off so right. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing too like i mean i think i think we need that as a as a culture more people to uh dive into what it is that they're passionate about express themselves creatively or like a mandatory one month off of work right <laughs> every right. year and, or like a sabbatical you know yeah, just yeah, like yeah. every you know every couple of years everybody gets some time off to to it's almost like resetting your brain with a psychedelic experience yes. you know like uh a lot of the times, that that's what... I need, I need that. Yeah, right. I need, that. I need to hit something yeah. pretty soon. I haven't, I haven't tripped Now's since, the best time. I haven't well, tripped since 2015, bro. That's crazy. Since you had kids? No, uh, I had my first kid in 2017. Yeah. Uh, no, excuse me. It was 2016. Uh, 2016, I did some... Was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So 2016 was the last time I tripped. And the last time I did LSD was 2015. Right. And so it's like, man, I miss it. <laughs> but it's hard to do if you have, like, if, if you have so much shit to do. Right, it's just especially, like, like, with the busy schedule you're yeah. talking about and then family. And, dude, and like, you do, like, I don't, maybe it's just me. I don't know. I honestly haven't had this conversation with a lot of parents. But I am not trying to engage in anything like that anywhere near my right. kids it, it was weird with my dogs yeah, like yeah. like when the last time i had uh i think i only had two dogs at the time and uh yeah it was weird enough with two dogs right. and just like hey yeah, you know yeah, it's yeah. like getting up in your face yeah, and you're yeah, like whoa, yeah. whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so i've I, had plenty of those experiences and i've I, been around kids i do have it's, uh, i do have one uh friend who I'll, I'll keep him anonymous but he uh he recently did some uh acid and like after it was it was after the peak but he was still kind of in the zone right, you know right. and he went home and it was him and his wife and um they uh described trying to like adjust back into parent mode oh, and they had a babysitter they didn't have to you know yeah I mean? yeah like they could have just been fine but they wanted to just kind of see you know right and it was just like 
Nope. Yeah. <laughs> nope. I, uh, <laughs> I was uh, I was living with a friend before, and she had a younger kid, and uh, me and my buddies decided to eat a bunch of mushrooms one day, right, and right. didn't really even I didn't even think about the fact that she was going to be coming back with her kid, and uh, they got back and. It it wasn't a bad experience. Like I I played with the kid while I I was I was on that come down. Mm-hmm. Like I had already peaked and everything. And I was just coming down, but like we just like hung out with the kid and like played around with him. And I was still just like coming down off of this incredible fucking mushroom experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like and it was just like this overabundance of love and joy. Yeah. And so like it was a beautiful thing. Um, but he at the time he was like probably like six maybe six years old so it wasn't like it was like a toddler yeah yeah yeah, so um where there was a real responsibility if if need be he could have just like gone to his room and like played with some toys like entertained himself but it it was fun i think uh you know while we're on the topic of psychedelics i think you know for you for me for i think honestly every adult needs a reset oh yeah oh yeah. like at least once or twice (laughs) A year. <laughs> what I'm trying to get a hold of is fucking DMT, dude. Right. Like yeah. getting <clears throat> because whenever because uh, w- that shit you can hit in your room. 15 minutes later, you walk <laughs> out and everything's back to you normal. Go to, you gotta yeah. work. You gotta work <laughs> yeah, right, right after. No, um, but but the thing is, like, man, before one of the things that was that kind of kept me in my uh, in my rut, I will call it. Uh, you know my my drifter your destructive days yeah yeah my drifter days is what I call them uh, one of the things that kept me in that was just how absolutely untethered I was because like I didn't I, I don't talk to my family you know I haven't talked to them since I was like a teenager um, like I'll, I'll say what's up to my brothers every now and then but it was it was me you know right. on my own for like since I was like 14 so it was um I could do whatever I wanted. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I wanted to do all the time was psychedelics. Right. And so I got to travel further into that activity than most people do right. in a lifetime, right. you know, in just a few Same. years. That's and why so, people, like, people ask me now is yeah. like, like, dude, the other day, like, somebody was coming to me and asking me all these questions. They treat you like and, a guru. Yeah, like, and that's exactly <laughs> what I said, dude. They treat you like a wizard. Yeah, They're like, exactly. Oh, great wizard, yeah. please tell us your secrets. And, and it's like, and like, just be chill. And then know? when they ask me, like, <laughs> then when they ask me, how much psychedelics do you do? I'm like, more than like, you do. <laughs> like, have I done definitely more than you? But now it's like, when I would go th- into a full-blown experience maybe like twice a year. Like, it's not... Right, right, right. Like, it's not something that I do recreationally. I think it's something that needs to be held in a, a sacred light. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and, and used responsibly. And, and then I tell them that, and it's like, oh, shit. Like, I, I never looked at it that way. And I even had to explain to one person, you f- you're familiar with Alan Watts? Yeah, I'm um, he uh, he once described uh, the experience. He was like, "So there's a message that you'll receive from the psychedelics, but once you receive that message, you can hang up the phone. Like there's no need to keep doing it all the time. Right? Like you got right. the message, you can put the phone down now. Right, right, right. And that's what I've had to teach a lot of people. There's there's a lot that you can learn from it, mm-hmm. but once you get the message, just go ahead and." Put down the phone and take that 
what you've learned into the rest of your life. Well, trying to help people translate just the sheer white noise of it all, um, I think that that's one of the things that kind of earns you a status as as a guide. The, the know, guy who the, the, that the, you go to. The, the, like, the, the, the trip guide, right, you know what I mean? Right, the, right. The, the, the one who's going to like show you the ropes. Right. You know? like, I think you... It's, it's obviously one of those titles that you never you never trust the guy that calls himself right, that. Right. But whenever you, you what, reach a certain point, you know, like, and you have enough people who are just like, "How do I do this?" Right. Without losing. That's my what mind. I was about to say. Is like, I, I would never call myself that. Oh, absolutely. And it was like absolutely. And and but the fact that people are coming to me, like it was, and that's what I was like sitting with a friend, and I was like, as I received the messages, I was like. Why, they're treating me like I'm some kind of guru, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's like it's it to me. It's just something to laugh and like yeah, that's, shrug that's, off. Yeah, that's my like, favorite because like you'll get the you'll get the guys that are that like have this profound respect for the territory that you're familiar right, with, right. and it's like it's not that it, it, it's not that crazy, man. You know, yeah, it's not, yeah. excuse me. It's I am not attached to that. Right. I am separate from right. the wonder of psychedelics. Right. And and people need to learn how to. And they do, yeah. but they, they need to learn how to distinguish that before they, like, end up drinking the Kool-Aid somewhere right. and, and exactly. end, up, end up in a bad spot. Yeah. So it's just like, and, and growing up at, as, as a total drifter, you know, like, I had some, we'll call them underworld connections, you know, with some, with some street pharmacists, you know? Yeah. And so I got to see what a very wide variety of drugs do to a very wide variety of people you right know? right same and uh just through experience for me just for well yeah the kind i mean of just just kind of up. being in the in yeah. the rural town that we were right. you know, growing up right. in it's like watching people go through like actually destroy themselves mm-hmm. you know How, when what year did we meet like 2010 9 2009 9 10 because yeah probably 10 that's, that's when that's when uh, you you still had those dreadlocks right and uh, I remember because that was when I when I saw like how you wore them I was like all right we're I'm doing gonna commit, this. I'm, gonna commit, <laughs> I'm gonna commit to at some point in my life getting dreadlocks so everybody you know I mean? was already telling you to do it anyway or, right right yeah, I, I knew it was an idea you were flirting with yourself right and it was like and I remember uh, there was a couple of times where I was gonna have you do it but right. like just life got in the way right, you know right. so it was just like and I feel like that was that they were really symbolic for me when I removed them because it was like shedding. It was like yeah, it was like putting the old Isaiah to rest. Right. It was putting the dude. That's the exact same way I looked at it. Right. And and like when you brought up the dreads, I was gonna ask you what was your experience like yeah. because yeah. there w- it was a journey. How how long did you have yours? Ten years. Like ex- exactly. See, I only made it five and a half, and my thing was, I was. I had proven everything that I wanted to prove to myself. Right. I had proven that I could get a respectable job regardless of my appearance, outward appearance. Yeah. I had proven that I could use unconventional methods to achieve goal, you know, popular goals that everybody has, mm-hmm. like making money, finding a spot to live, you know, uh, finding uh, entrepreneurial opportunity, things like that. Right. I I not only done everything that I ever wanted to do, you know, traveled the country. I've seen almost every state, you know, right. like I've I've done so much more with my quote downtime, my drifter time mm-hmm. than most people do with their whole lives. Right. I have so many stories I can tell. Right. And I have so many experiences I can draw from to make yeah. decisions about the future, but I feel like without that how could I have ever evolved beyond that 
you know, right. without without getting down into the trenches and really seeing what it's like. Yeah. How could I have ever had a deep enough gratitude and appreciation for the opportunities that life presents right uh to to really really you know take advantage of them and to really yeah. uh, to, like i said to to evolve beyond yeah. beyond just and i think a base lot of, level desires of of you know fighting fucking and being, right. you know what i mean a lot of people and it's really apparent in people who grow up with a silver spoon in their mouth uh you said it to never uh, get the richness of, of life, never experience the actual richness of life, not just like richness in, uh, in material right. possession or anything, but there's actual richness in life that you can acquire. And, you know, it, it's, it's cliche, mm -hmm. but, you know, happiness is the, the greatest, uh, the greatest, income that you can receive yes a hundred percent a hundred percent and you don't know that until you're in the trenches mm -hmm. until you've been at rock bottom mm -hmm. or, or anything like that well see and what's fun about me is i have dabbled you know I've, yeah. I've dabbled in a very wide variety of environments so you know starting out i uh was in foster care like months after i was born mm -hmm. until i was about seven years old so transition was my go-to you know very early on that was that was yeah you know uh, that's that's what part of what I feel contributes to my my antsiness in staying stagnant you right know, I, don't, I don't like to, to stay still you're for always kind of nomadic I like to I like to keep moving yeah. yes exactly so and and that's a good way to describe it because that I feel like instilled that nomadic wanderlust you know um, never really had a home desire inside yes right. desire inside of me because I just wanted to I was like well if, if if there's so much out there you know let's see it all you know right. so foster care and then I, I get adopted by this very uh, financially stable and um, uh, su conventionally supportive uh, family but it's it was one of those cases where I feel like it was kind of um, when like when somebody buys a dog and doesn't realize what happens after you buy the dog, right. like you, you now now you have a dog, right. you know right. now you have something to feed, right. you have something to, to right. care for. Well, when you when you multiply that by kids, right, and it's like you have something to feed and something to buy nurture. clothes for and nurture, like, you yeah. know, but you also have all this huge financial burden. You have this huge emotional burden, this huge uh, just psychological burden of of trying to guide, you know. Other uh, human, human beings being, yeah. into the person that they're supposed to be, right? And I feel like what happened was, you know, we we only made it like, uh, shit, I want to say like eight years in that house before uh, my foster parents got divorced. And funny story, divorced on my twelfth birthday. They were like, oh, so, nice. "Happy birthday!" No, they they actually forgot. Uh, they they sat us all down. I thought that they were gonna like be like presents. Yeah, I thought they were gonna be like, like all right, <laughs> all right, I say you know, pick where you want to yeah. eat tonight because because they called like a family meeting, you know. Right. So like we're all sitting there on the couch, and uh, they were like, "All right, so you know." Uh, my dad was talking to us like your mother and I are getting divorced and blah blah blah. I thought they were fucking with us. Right. I was like, haha, funny joke. Uh -huh. You know, let's, uh, let's move on the cake. to yeah, like, where's <laughs> the cake? yeah. And then um, and then, and then uh, they were just like, yeah. So we're, so that's happening. And I was like, ah, 
Okay, and then I was just like, all right, well, I'm, I'm going to go to one of my friend's houses then, so I'm going to do that. remembered now. today's you, my birthday. Well, well, I didn't tell him. Yeah, 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 it was yeah. like 3 in the morning, and then they called me uh, from my friend's house, and we were still up because I was 12 years old. Right. And uh, they were just like, they called me, and they were just like, we're so sorry, we totally forgot, blah, we're, you know, we're, we're awful, we're going to do whatever you want to do tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, well, I just want to stay here and hang out tomorrow yeah, too yeah, so yeah. yeah i'm kind of pissed at you guys right and then um so they divorced uh went to go live with my pops for a little while um but again you know i just don't think that i think that he was at the point where he was just like being a dad sucks like you guys need to start acting like adults i don't care if you're kids like i can deal with adults can't deal with kids right, right? so fig- figure it out you right know? Uh, he and I didn't see eye to eye, so I uh, ended up leaving his house and never talking to him again. And then yeah. uh, went to my mom's place, uh, stayed there for about a few months, maybe a year. Um, and then, uh, you know, she was absolutely hopeless. You know, I, I, I don't want to go into detail, but right. it was just like, talk about, like, somebody who gets married right out of high school, right out of, or excuse me, right out of college. Never whatever, really thought it through. Never had to really support themselves right. never really had to survive or function as an independent adult yep. and then like like I oh my god I know those kind of people thing. in my own life about, you know it's the most frustrating thing ever because then I became somebody who had the capacity to be more more responsible than her for, right. for my brothers and right. for what happens in the house you know what I mean right. well I didn't want that uh, responsibility I'm gonna pause this while the yeah. train goes by train. yeah alright All but yeah um right. Like uh, like I was just saying, I, I can relate to that too. Yeah. yeah. So uh, so after so but after that, then I was pretty much like, this is this is when I was at, pretty much the, beginning of of my life, as as a, uh, rebel without a cause. You know what I mean? Right. So I was just like, look, this arrangement is like garbage you know like i i have to take care of my brothers and i'm you know a teenager like i have to take care of you and i'm a teenager like you're not doing the things that you need to do or the things that you say you need to do like so we we were not getting along and then eventually i was just like it it was like she just let go you know just like let go of the reins and was just like just do whatever you want like i can't control you i can't help you i can't guide you i can't do anything for you just just go you know Um, and so I was just like, all right, well, later. (laughs) And so that's, that's how it kind of all began. And then like, I've stayed in like sheds. I've stayed in like the woods. I've stayed in like mansions. I've stayed in like, uh, storage units. You know what I mean? Like I've stayed in like every kind of housing unit you can stay in. RVs, fucking trailers, fucking uh, you know, just normal houses, apartments. You know what I mean. Yeah. Every everywhere you can live, tents. Yeah. Uh, there was some time I spent at a at a commune uh, a few years ago, 2014. Uh, that was fun. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I bet. Um, it was fun and great experience. It was I'm sure a, you learned a lot. It was a classic example of nothing ever lives up to the hype. Right. Or or more specifically, nothing in this world is what you think it is. Right. You know what I mean, like. We have these ideas in our head of what things are going to be, and then we arrive at the destination, and then it's like, oh, this is the real life version of, right. of, of, of the what expectation I, yeah, I yeah, had. You right, know? right, right. And so that's like the first time I ever saw the Hoover Dam. I was pretty fucking disappointed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, I, like it's just one of those things, you know. That's how I kind of look at it. I was really uh, had this huge expectation of what I was gonna see, mm-hmm. and I got there, and it was pretty minuscule. But I, that, that happened. 
I mean, the, it took me like a thousand times of that happening to me for me right. to understand it as a life lesson. Right. Like, for example, um, when I learned how to fight and I knocked my first person out, you know, mm-hmm. wasn't what I thought it was. Yeah. When I when I got knocked out for the first time, wasn't did not live up to my expectation. Right. It was nowhere near as devastating as, yeah, as I as, thought it yeah, was going to be. Right. Um, what are some other examples? Um, you know, getting really, really good jobs. And right. then seeing that it's bullshit. And yeah. having like getting a good, good jobs that pay good well, income and like and they're not worth the money. Having disposable income and everything. That's that's what also like going back to what I've been experiencing, you know, getting laid off. I had a good job that, you know, provided me with enough money to pay my rent, have all these nice things, things that I yeah. that I like, do the things that I enjoy doing. Um, and now that's gone. And I can make money off of my art, but I'm just not going to have the disposable income right. for, for now. Maybe right. someday in the future I'll have disposable income again. But right now, like, I'm not even freaking out because, like I was saying, I've been here before. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I've been there before, and I know that life can be just as good or even better. Right. And for right now, like, I, I, was just, I was just freaking out the other day because I had been waking up every day doing what I love to do. Like, mm-hmm. getting to it. Like, getting to, like, creating. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is so fucking awesome. This is so much better than getting up and going fucking turning yes, screws yeah. for somebody, like, making somebody else all this money. And it's not even, it's not about the money. It's just, it's about, like, being able to express myself creatively and the mm-hmm. passion and just living for that passion. Mm-hmm. That's the richness that I've been looking for this whole time. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And see, and there's, you know, it, it kind of, it seems counterproductive to turn it into a nine-to-five, but there are ways to market yourself uh, into into a uh, position where, you know, you're doing a, a certain amount of designs, you have, like, pre-drawn designs that you're selling for, like, logos and right, t-shirts right, and, right, and right. you know, graphic design, essentially, right, right. As, as, a, as a business. Right. Um, so, you know, there's, there's definitely ways to do that. It's a saturated market though yeah so, for sure like freelance art and and graphic design are i feel kind of separate from each other um because you know taking a commission for like a personal art piece is right. not the same as, as, as uh, uh designing a logo for a company right, or, or, right. or uh you know putting putting your work into like business cards or, right, right. or, or marketing material for right, the internet right. you know having to learn web design so right. it's it's a they're they're pretty separate animals but you know the um that that's kind of the side that uh, not the not the graphic design but marketing and advertising and stuff. That's where I got a lot of my uh, experience and where I got a lot of my freedom to not necessarily have to work a nine to five because right. I can help out this company get it, get off the ground. I can help out that company. You know, in the yeah. meantime, I can you know drive for Uber. I can you know uh, fucking. There, there, there's a lot of different things that I do. I don't is that no? Is that I'm bit. Is that like something that just that's that's a part of you? Like just having your hands in a little bit of this. And I don't a little bit like of that. feeling stuck. Right. I hate feeling stuck. That's that's one of the reasons I got into jujitsu. So that when somebody tries to get me stuck, I can get, get out. out. You right. know. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, I can you know fuck them up or whatever. Right. But but I, it's it's another one it's, of those core principles of my being is is. Don't get stuck. Right. Keep keep moving. moving. Right. Keep moving. Nice. And so that's that's you know that's kind of how I reconciled the change from nomad Isaiah to family you know 
you had to translate it into something. It, it went from from traveling all the time, all over the place, going anywhere, doing whatever I wanted, to knowing what I want further down the road and filling every second of my time working towards those goals. Nice. You know what I mean? And then what what time I feel like allotting to relax or take a step right. back, I do. And yeah. I take that step And back. you appreciate it so much more. I appreciate it, and I feel like I'm in a much – I feel like my composure and my mental – uh, just yeah, just my mental composure is is so much more firm because of that freedom to breathe when I feel like breathing, and not when somebody says you oh, gotta wait fifteen yeah. more minutes till you're off the clock. Right, you know? right, for so, sure. That's that's beautiful, man. It's uh, we're gonna have to cut this conversation off. Yeah, I was but, about uh, to say, we'll, we'll yeah we're, we've gone a little. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, that was I mean, a good conversation though. We touched on some pretty cool stuff. Yeah. And I got to ask about, you know, my main thing that I wanted to ask was just about how it is transitioning, you know, into into your your art as opposed to having to work a nine to five to support your art. Right. You know, um, uh, if, if we get another conversation, I wanted to ask you a little bit about your band and your music and yeah, stuff like that. I mean, but, there's, uh, there's always, you know, especially doing like one been, hour session, it's, it's a, it's always hard to, yeah. like, because you're always like, damn, I wanted to ask about that, but uh, I've been wanting to, I've been thinking about like in my downtime getting back into music now that I have a now line that of you work. have, well, I have I have this downtime now, yeah. but I also have a line of work that gives me more freedom than you know any of the other lines of work that I've had before. Right. So much freedom, in fact, that I can literally, I mean, it's it's independent contractor position, so I can do travel freely, right, you know? right. So I've been thinking about maybe getting back into music, but it's. It's not going to be easy. <laughs> yeah. So it's, we'll, it, it we'll takes see a lot from you. For sure. I, it was good <laughs> talking to you, man. I appreciate everybody who's listening. Absolutely. Uh, we love you guys. You guys keep your head up, keep striving, keep moving, never give up, and we'll catch you next time.